Welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast with your host, personal trainer and nap connoisseur, William Mitchell. Hello and welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast. I'm your host, William Mitchell. Last week, we looked at how low-impact exercise can have a big impact on your health without making a big impact on your pain level. This week, we're going to look at wearable technology, especially the wearable fitness technology. I was asked a question a couple weeks ago about, you know, how accurate do you think this thing really is? And so I've done some research and thought I would see what I could do to answer that question. First, let's look at some of the statistics of wearable technology. In 2018, there were 400 different wearable devices made by 250 different companies. So obviously, when I'm talking about this, I may not be specifically talking about the device that you have because there's so many of them. In 2019, $30 billion was spent on wearable fitness technology. One in five of the U.S. population wears some type of fitness tracker. So this is a really big deal. There's a lot of them. So it's probably really important to know just how accurate these things are. Before I get into how accurate they are, why should you even bother with one? What good do they do? Well, it seems that just knowing helps you. And by that, I mean, when they took adults and gave them fitness trackers, it decreased their sedentary time by up to two hours a day or by an average of two hours a day and increased their steps by 2000 steps, which is for the average person is about a mile that just knowing that you were sitting that much, having the thing buzz at you so that you'll get up and take a few extra steps and walking an extra mile. That makes some difference. But how much difference does that make? That can decrease your chance of dying today by 33%. It also significantly lowers your triglycerides. It lowers your waistline, which most of us are really happy about. It increases your HDL, which remember that's healthy density lipoproteins. That's the good stuff. And it increases your insulin sensitivity, which decreases your chance of being a type 2 diabetic. All of those things together, just on their own, make getting a fitness tracker probably something that people should look into by the way i do not sell fitness trackers i wear one i don't sell them i don't profit from them i don't none of that so none of this is sponsored by anybody just in case you were wondering about conflict of interest now one of the cheapest things you can do for a fitness tracker is there's a lot of free apps you can download on your phone most of us have a smartphone device of some kind and actually, the hip is the best place to have a wearable device simply because that gives you the most accurate reading of real step count. And by say real step count, um, I play the drums. And when I'm playing the drums, I get steps for it because I have a wearable on my arm and I'm flailing my arm around when I'm playing the drums. So I get steps for it. Now, I would say that that's cheating, but I am being physically active. So maybe, maybe not. You can make the decision on that one. However, they found out comparing wearable on your wrist or your ankle or someplace that it stayed on you to a phone, the phone gave you about 30% less steps during the day. Although it's more accurate, sometimes you don't take your phone to the bathroom with you when you're at work or you don't take your, you get home and you're working on dinner and you put your phone on the counter and put some music on on it and don't carry it around with you so you're missing out on some of the steps because you're not carrying your phone not surprisingly you find out that that's less of a 
problem. The younger you are, the less that is a problem because younger people, a lot of them, they have the phone surgically attached to them, so they do not put it down at all. We know that you should have a fitness tracker of some kind just so that you're aware of this and that probably the phone carried in your pocket would be the most accurate thing that you could get for determining how many steps you've taken in a day if you kept it with you at all times, which most of us don't. If you get a fitness tracker, a, a some kind of a wrist-based device, how well do they work? Well, if mainly what you'd want it for is to track your steps, they're very accurate. They did research where they had people walk and count the number of steps to where they're supposed to go. I think it was 1,500 steps. They videoed them to make sure that they counted. you could count the steps, and they really did go 1,500 steps. And they compared it to what their wearable said. And most of these were within 6% of correct, which is really good, unless you're going to do like some kind of super cool scientific research. But just to know how many steps you've taken, that's really darn close for something as small as, as you've got for the wearable device. But what if you're going to wear it for something else? What if you're going to use the heart rate monitor? Not all of them have a heart rate monitor. A lot of the heart rate monitors use the little green laser, and they detect blood movement under the skin. However, when the watch itself moves, then it detects that too. So they're a little bit inaccurate there. And they've also found out that the more active you are, the less accurate the watch is or the wearable is. Um, especially if it's something rhythmic like running, jogging, walking fast, any of those, because as the, the wearable slides on your arm up and down just a little bit, it thinks that that's your pulse rate. So because that's a stronger movement than the pulse rate, it will record that as a pulse rate and sometimes give you a significantly incorrect heart rate. So you still need to use the idea of, you know, can you talk? Can you sing? You know, those things to know just about where, because if your heart, if your wearable is telling you that your heart rate is, you know, just in the moderate exercise range and you're gasping for air like a fish on the bank, you might want to take a manual pulse rate just to make sure that you're not overdoing it. Now, the Apple Watches and maybe a few others, they have an electrocardiograph feature and they are almost as accurate as a 12-lead electrocardiograph. Now, don't use it to detect whether you're having a heart attack, like most of you can read an EKG, ECG anyway. If you could, you know, don't use it for that. But whenever it sounds alarms, that's probably something you need to pay attention to. Another thing that you need to be aware of is that a lot of these devices, like if you're going to do a sprint or something that involves rapid change in heart rate, Many of these have up to a 20-second signal delay that happens periodically. It's not consistent. So you need to be aware of that. You know, once again, if you feel like you're overexerting, you know, don't always rely on these. They're working on improving the technology all the time, but they're not perfectly correct. Matter of fact, at rest, they're only about 90% accurate, which if your heart rate is... So if your heart rate's about 70 beats a minute, that's that's seven beats plus minus off. So it could be off by 14 beats, which doesn't make that big a difference unless you're doing some really strenuous exercise, getting close to your maximum heart rate. Finally, what about calories burned? That's the one all of us like to know because you, know, you burn more calories, you can eat more when you get done exercising, or you can lose more weight, whichever. Um, I like to eat more when you get done exercising. The bad news is that's their least accurate thing is the calorimetry the ones with heart rate monitors 
have better calorimetry than the ones without heart rate monitors. And actually, if you've got uh, one that has a chest strap heart rate monitor with it, they're going to be even more accurate. Where the real limitation comes in is knowing your exact body composition, how much of you is muscle, and, and that takes a lot of measuring. So they do a pretty good job. The good news is, in almost all of the studies that were done, they under-reported the amount of calories that you burned. So if it says you burned 300 calories in the workout, you probably burned more than 300 calories in the workout, which is good for them to have been conservative on that. So what's the bottom line? The wearable technology will help you to be healthier. It will make your fitness a little funner, at least make you aware of your fitness. They're accurate enough. You know, if you had to know to the to 20 steps without how many steps you had in a day, not a chance. But if you just need to know if you reach your activity goals, if you burned close to that the number of calories you ate, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, you need to know about what your heart rate is, they'll get you there. So unless you're looking to do a clinical scientific study, these uh, wearable technologies are excellent as far as how accurate they are. Um, even the ones that are the least accurate are good enough to let you know the, the changes that you should make in your lifestyle to improve your health and make your fitness just a little bit funner. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If I've said anything that you thought was enjoyable or worth sharing, please refer this to a friend so that they can have more fun in their fitness journey. Also, please remember to subscribe and like the podcast. As always, I'd like to thank One Accord for the bumper music and Paul Sink for the great intro work. And I hope you'll join us next week as we try to make fitness funner.